0: Welcome to the Yareki Zero Games Podcast, Episode 14, Made RPG. So, at long last, we're finally doing the podcast about Made RPG that have been planning to do since, like, August of last year so uh th- for the first time, I have two guests on the podcast, which is part of why it's delayed, but
1: uh my apathy and <laughs> procrastination has a lot more to do with it than that i don't uh, know i think I think you had enough of uh herding cats uh, for, for a few months now
0: yeah, that's true so uh i've got with me now uh Andy Kukowski and Ben Lehman who were uh, the the other two people who were really instrumental in making it happen. So uh, hopefully someone who's been listening to this podcast already knows me, but I'm Aaron Clooney. I'm the guy who translated it, and it and it was mostly my idea initially. So I guess I deserve a lot of the blame. But why don't you guys go ahead
1: and introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Andy Kikowski. I'm the producer, which means I have the big cigar, and I chomp on it in the back <laughs> while Aaron does all the work. <laughs> and I just tell him to work harder, that's all. Um, uh, Yeah, and I was the one that, that, uh, yeah, basically uh, Aaron pointed out that that he had translated it and was running it at at, uh, Gen Con. I already had a copy because I I saw it at uh, a a game store in Japan and just had to freaking buy it, and I put two together and said, hey, why don't you you go ahead and keep translating it, and I'll contact uh, the company, and and we'll get this thing going. So I've actually met the author, Ryokamiya, in person, and uh, and, yeah, Babe was born.
2: (laughs) <laughs> uh I'm Ben Lehman. Uh I did the book design which means that I put a very large amount of text into
0: tables and tables and more tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think made RPG Beats out even like tune for the sheer number of tables in it, but um okay, well that's the three of us basically. Uh wants to again something that most of the people listening should know but I put on the outline anyway what is made RPG uh, <laughs> I, can, I can take a shot at it uh, okay. it's, a, it's a role-playing game that involves maids yeah but not like hope the you know Filipino women cleaning hotel rooms but
1: all right then what's your take on it right
2: uh, so it's a, it's a it's a role-playing game where you play maids by which we mean uh, young women in French maid outfits, usually young, usually women in French meta, right? <laughs> and nothing uh, is really events in service in to a relatively incompetent master and you have to deal with all of his problems as well as with all of your problems.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's pretty good. Yeah. It's um, pretty much like an anime you play, I think. Um, if you, uh, I I tend to watch uh, really light comedy anime and uh more like heartwarming and, and, and less just chaotic fan servers and stuff like that. Uh, so my, my games don't tend to play out with that, that way. But uh, uh, but yeah, I, the way that uh, I've seen it played and the way I play it tends to be like sort of just like an anime that you take part in.
0: Yeah, uh, it's happened to be a couple times. The one that really stood out to me was uh, there was a series called Penguin Musume Heart. And I was sitting down and watching it and I'm just like, this game uses Bait RPG's physics engine. I swear it does. <laughs>
1: Cool. I have to put that in notes. I haven't heard of that one. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, I will note that made RPG does not actually have a
0: physics engine. It,
1: yeah. Just for it, those it, listening it, along at home. Yes, it's
0: a it's a clumsy metaphor,
1: but bullet <laughs> um, tumbling rules.
0: Yeah, I you know it's
2: it's you know bullet tumbling comes up very rarely in made RPG, but it's a good thing that there
0: are rules for it mm-hmm. that <laughs> take a hundred pages. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> okay we're moving on a good clip so uh let's uh the next thing is uh, i want each of us to kind of uh talk a bit about what it is that we particularly like about made rpg
1: what's really uh-huh. neat about it so all right so every few years i go back to japan because uh, i used to live there and my wife's japanese so uh about once every two years or, or sometimes once a year we go back uh, and uh, then I take a little side trip to Tokyo, which is kind of my old stomping grounds, and hit up, among other things, some some CD stores and uh, also some video game stores um, and uh, RPG stores. And uh, usually when I go to the Yellow Sub in Akihabara, I, I end up dropping <laughs> all the, uh, usually too much money on, on a huge arm-breaking stack of uh, of. of of role-playing games to the point where uh the yeah the, the staff usually freaks out and, and and are bowing very low as i enter and leave uh the store but uh the reason that i sort of the the what's neat about made in, in in my eyes is just the fact that it exists <laughs> so when i was going around when i was buying my armload of games i just happened to see that on the on the wall and i'm like okay i just i don't think i even cracked the book i just picked it up turned it over I think maybe I thumbed through it for like half a second before I mean I already knew that made rpg that's going in the stack, so I'm, I'm definitely buying this i don't care i don't care what it is or or, or, or what um, it happened to be I think it was about two thousand three two thousand and four when uh, when those like made Kisitens, uh made cafes were springing up all over uh, Akihabara. and Akihabara was already turning far from the uh, from the what 's the word in english uh, electronics district yeah. into the Otaku district. Kind of sad to see, but on the other hand, the, it was the municipal government that did it to themselves uh, by, by jacking up the tenant prices. All the old uh, electronic hands had to move out and all the geek places moved in. But anyway, um, uh, so so this whole maid thing was, was becoming kind of popular. Uh, reviews of maid cafes were popping up on TV and things like that. So I guess uh, Kami on a drunken stupor decided to <laughs> make a game of it and just that alone was was cool and then i you know flipping through the book i saw it was just wild crazy random action uh and that too just simple to play simple to open simple to to, to get your mind around uh it was just too you know too much of a too too much coolness to pass up
0: mhm yeah i uh well uh, one thing i we're going to get into more of the experience of selling it but you know the, the, your description of how you uh, discovered and couldn't put it down reminded reminds me a lot of what happened when we were there at Gen Con. We're just, there were so many people who walked up to it and it, it was pretty much by the time they finished reading the title, they had decided whether or not they were going to check it out.
1: Pretty much, ads yeah, it, it sells itself in that regard. So what, what do you think was neat, neat enough about it to, to translate it and run it at uh, Gen Con? speakers?
0: Um, the, the thing that most sold it for me, I would say, is just the, the the way it uses randomness. Because, you know, like, for me, I don't generally care for, like, random character creation. You know, I look at, like, D&D in, like, third edition before, and it's like, why am I rolling for hit dice? Why am I playing this big warrior who has a 1 in 10 chance of having one hit point at first level? But, you know, made RPG, it, it's just every uh, every role you make when you're making your character is just, like, piling more and more uh, memes onto your character. So, you know, you, you know that she's going to be a maid, but then you find out that she's got a, a, guy. Kind of, yeah, it, a, a guy, a cat girl, a fox spirit, a cyborg, a otaku, a secret society leader. And, it. it I mean, it's literally to the point where you know the uh in the game you get two special qualities at random and there's an optional rule to ha- to change that to uh 3 4 or 5 of them and I've tried upping it to 3 and that's uh, there's actually like too much random craziness going on with the character to keep track of at the table by that time mm-hmm. and then on top of that um there's the random events which which to me is just absolutely brilliant because um you know like you know, I'm a big. I was a big fan of Tune. That was the very first RPG I ever bought. Actually, got it for myself back in middle mm-hmm. school, and you know that has the actually the same the the two d six tens and ones all with different tables and stuff. But in made RPG, the players can spend their favor points in order to make random events happen in the game. So you know you have this random event mode. In the game, where you just pile more and more b- bizarre stuff, and it's the most amazing and hilarious uh, game you can play, and also the, probably the most, the single most exhausting game to run as far as I know. Of.
2: <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. It's sort of interesting for me actually running mid RPG because I, I, find that after about two hours of mid RPG, um, usually about like one hour of character creation, one hour of play, I f- sort of a fall over. You know, I, I can't cope anymore. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> At the same time, I one of my big concerns as a GM is always that some player is going to feel annoyed, uh, ignored, um, that they're mm-hmm. not going to get attention. Mm-hmm. And in made I never have to do that <laughs> because if if um, if a it's, if a player is bored, that's their fault because they could always bring in a random event yeah. that would draw attention to their character. And um, if, if if they choose not to do that that's that's not my problem so basically yeah. the only thing i do is that, like every 20 to, minutes yeah. i go uh does anyone want to buy a random event
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and invariably somebody does and then you know
0: you get something to run with from and... there yeah
2: uh yeah. The, and... the elf maid turns into a very pretty <laughs> the pretty elf maid turns into a pretty boy elf maid and then mm-hmm. the, the dwarf chases
0: him down to make out with him and uh, one other thing about it that I I find really interesting is that it it takes the randomness so over the top that uh, like a while I ago I think what is it
1: you you only decide you you literally only decide your character's age and name right
0: yes but uh, on top of that you know uh, a while back on Master Plan Ryan Macklin did a podcast about what he called tangibility in mechanics which <laughs> is basically the idea that like in mechanics kind of feel more real to the people playing when you're doing something with an actual object, even if it's just you know scribbling on a piece of paper. The thing I realized looking at made RPG is it's almost impossible to interact with the rules in any way without rolling dice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. So, so that, to me, was actually kind of interesting.
1: Anyway, uh, uh-huh. Ben. Oh, actually, yeah. back to your point about randomness, I just had a question about the... like Because uh, I, I, too... Have been uh, I, I never I don't know like with with character generation only I I like point bias systems I like pretty much anything but but I too have a usually a problem with you know like old Palladium and stuff like that where I had to roll dice and assign them and uh, and uh, and yeah you said you don't have a problem with it I don't have a problem with it either which is kind of weird to me the fact that you pretty everything is is uh, it's completely random, and I'm just wondering: it's it, it, is it because made is meant to be played like in one shots, and then you kind of throw your characters away or use them again? Don't really care. Is it, is um, it just that you're not running the long game that it's so easy to kind of accept that randomness?
2: I, I think part of it is because your character's effectiveness and your your character's ability, your ability as a player to play the game, is not being randomly generated, right? So, and- uh, in uh, in early D and D, which which I actually really like. Uh, but that's beside the point. Uh if you roll one hit point that affects your ability to, to play the game um in made and there's nothing equivalent to that. I mean I guess the closest equivalent to be rolling is zero spirit, so you can cannot handle stress at all.
1: Yeah, so uh, you pretty much have to do what other people make you do, otherwise you immediately knock yourself out of the game for a few minutes. Yeah.
2: Well, no, because it's not even that, because you still get to play your character during stress explosion. Mm-hmm. So so basically, that just means your character is going to be constantly having a freak freakout, mm-hmm. but that's okay because you're still getting to play your character, participate in the game. You're just playing a very hypersensitive character. Yeah, uh, that's actually, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of things that I find really interesting about about made. Um, I think the, the thing I mentioned before about it playing very quickly. You know, that it only takes about an hour to play the game, which is is pretty impressive uh, for a role playing game and. Um, but the, the the first time I actually ever ran Maid we uh, were playing a game and it was like fantasy Maid and the Maids were, the Master was a evil wizard and the Maids were his childhood friend who had never realized that he had become evil and this dark elf who was said to assassinate him and was also evil and there was just like a lot of the game had a lot of violence but it was all very cartoony um mm-hmm. And then there was a point nearly the, near the end of the game uh where they they had some there was an besieging army, they captured some soldiers, they were in a dungeon, we'd all forgotten about them. Uh and then due to a random event, the um the tower that they were in transformed into a giant robot. And one of the players looks at me and says, What happens to the soldiers? And me not really thinking things through, so they went splat. Mm-hmm. And both players looked at me horrified and went, and, and one of them said, oh, that's the sound of them falling in the mud, right? Because they fell out of the castle when it transformed. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: um, the, 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 it was interesting to me because uh, Maid is, is one of the only role-playing games that there is where violence, like real violence, is not okay.
1: Yeah, you know, like, yeah, I like, definitely feel that too. It's not
2: just that it's like, Oh, it's not in the rules, or you're not supposed to do it. Like when people do that sort of thing in the game, it feels wrong. And yeah. uh, I actually
1: had to back up as a GM. I've had to. I've I've actually toned it down a little bit. Like someone goes, "Oh, a jet of blood." I'm like, "Yeah, let, let's let, let Can you do that again? Again, without the blood? And they're like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah." And then it goes again. Yeah, and everyone um, definitely feels it.
2: And and the uh, conversely, made is one of the only. Games. It's not so much sex. I mean, I've only ever had i've run maid a fair amount and i've only ever had one of the maids have sex once, which was actually in the same game it was with the captain of the besieging army because he was really hot and i can 't remember it was part of some plan, but mostly it was because he was really hot and um but there's a lot of sexiness in maid you know you're you're playing these these uh women in maid outfits and and the 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 way that you injure somebody so you can actually reduce their die rolls is not by uh, hurting them physically, it's by tearing their uniform.
1: Yeah, or getting Uh, it dirty or something like that, yeah.
2: Right, so there's a lot of kind of, you know, there's a lot of that that stuff. There's a lot of this sort of, I guess, sort of sex farce stuff Mm. uh, in the game, which is usually totally off the table in role-playing games. So there's kind of a a flip of uh, sex and violence in the game, in in terms of like the way that most role-playing games work and the way that M.A.I.D. works.
1: Like that's interesting. Yeah. The, the, um, uh, the, oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Um, that I was just going to summarize that the, the this sort of sexiness is acceptable, but violence, real violence, isn't
1: acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's interesting, though, because um. Uh, even though I you know I, I totally say uh, freely say that the that, that, that there's like sexiness in the game there's some like weird raunchy items and and uh, 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 costumes and stuff like that that appear in the in the thing I tend to run mine my sessions and, and the ones I've actually seen too at at, at sort of uh, conventions and stuff like that fairly tame I don't know if it's just the like the the uh, reserved white guy in me or something like that but uh but I, I end up uh, if someone brought it up, like, oh, I'm totally, like, macking on this guy or something like that, i you know, I'd, we'd, we'd roll with it. But uh, but we tend to sort of get past the, the sort of sexiness. If there's fan service, it's sort of treated in an offhand way. One time I had a, a woman in one of my sessions say something like, uh, her character, she's like, uh, oh, yeah, in an anime, this would totally be the scene where her skirt flies up and you see her underwear or whatever like that. Um, but uh, but besides that sort of thing to, like, emulate the, the genre, I I found that, the, the a sort of my fun lies in the uh, the, the, the sort of wacky hijinks uh, Teenage from Outer Space slash Toon style adventures with the sort of light subtlety that comes with with, um, uh, with having that relationship with the Master. Oddly enough, I've only played like maybe two games that actually use the optional um, uh, seduction rules. Dun, dun, I, dun,
2: dun. I used... Um, I, actually, I've never played a game with the full seduction rules. Uh, I, I did have the the game where one maid was trying to get the favor boost that you get for seducing the master Mm. but the master was like 11 and (laughs) all the other maids were horrified by this and were trying to stop her so she didn't actually get very far
1: yeah
2: uh so yeah it was sort of you know yeah um I, i found to for me it really depends on the group um that there tends to be when playing with anime fans uh people who are primarily anime fans rather than primarily role players there mm-hmm. tends to be more uh of the the sexiness and when i'm playing with the more girls there are in the group the more of it yeah. there tends to be because they're not they don't give a they don't give yeah, a yeah
1: yeah exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> i've actually me... noticed that very same thing too well it reminds me you know uh, a couple podcasts ago i interviewed jake richmond and he just said you know when he was doing panty explosion at Gen Con, like you know, there was a guy who punched him in the head, and guys were always, "Oh, this is terrible." Then women would just like make a beeline. What is this? How much is it? You know, <laughs> but uh, the the thing I found I, running...
1: just on on the sly, and uh, I hope this doesn't ruin the podcast or anything like that. But what what's up with that that punch in the head story? Was it just like a like a friend kind of giving a noogie or? It,
0: it, he wasn't. Any more specific than that? I'll have to ask him, actually. Yeah.
1: It's it one of
2: the, the more amazing it,
0: things. It was
2: not a... It, I, I know the story, but you have to you have to ask Jake about it because he can tell it much better than I do. Okay. I understand it was not anyone he knew. Uh, oh. oh. It was just a stranger who decided the appropriate <laughs> response to his game was to punch him in the head.
0: <laughs> Yikes. <laughs>
1: Awesome!
0: Uh, Wow. But okay, I was going to say that uh, the thing that I found about made RPG is that especially when you do random events and you kind of let the players narrate a bit of what the event has to do with them, uh, it's just kind of it's the the game almost becomes this like framing device for this thing that pulls stuff out of people that was already there. Mm -hmm. So you know how weird it is heavily depends on how weird your players are. So. You know, I ran. Uh, there's a there's a scenario in the book called Black Cat Mansion, which actually there's no master, and you you're you're actually forced to use the seduction rules in order for the maids to gain favor points at all. Mm-hmm. And so I ran that with a couple of my local friends, and it, it was hilarious because the uh, the one friend of mine who's the the perv and the weirdo wound up just kind of being off to the side, just not really doing much. And then the other two who were kind of more uptight. Uh, actually, their characters seduced each other, but they were they they played the seduction like really chaste like oh I'll you know I'll kiss her on the forehead kind of thing and just that you know that contrast and then there's uh the the guys from Kentucky who invaded my Gen con games <laughs>
1: I hear about these guys from Kentucky.
0: I need to meet them some Yeah,
2: time. I've heard several times you just mentioned the guys from Kentucky without any context. It's just... It's well, like the, uh... let, me put it,
0: let me put it this way. So the the first game I ran at Gen Con 2007 when I had the basically my fan translation, mm-hmm. right, like six of them showed up when I and you know, I only had like three slots available, so the other one just kind of sat on the sidelines. So the first thing that happens, and one of them says, oh, by the way, my character is going to be a man. And I'm like, uh, you only get that if you roll it on the table so right right there. And he's like, oh, well, and she's going to look like a man. So that was the birth of a maid named Dr. Santa Barbara. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it, it just spiraled from there. It, it was... I, I'm not sure if other ones have topped it, but it was definitely one of the very weirdest game sessions I've had of anything ever.
1: And I hear these guys come back each year and look for you and, and jump into your games.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I came back in 2008 because we were publishing the game, and you know, the first game was uh, a random event one, and just had some guys and had some fun, and then the second game they bought out all six tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, one of, the, one of the guys
1: had hey, a Hey, car- GM, you got a real pretty mouth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. And, like. One of the guys had a character whose stress explosion was prayer. So the guy literally like took his shirt off and went over to a corner of the room and leaned his head against the wall and prayed for 20 minutes.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. They, I mean, th- these guys they, are hardcore. for Yeah, but... I
0: will give them credit. They commit, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, which is the other thing I wanted to ask. Uh, what uh, kind of interesting anecdotes do you guys have? And I should also mention... Uh, there was one time I was visiting my sister, who lives in Albuquerque, and her and my uh, brother-in-law. And I organized, we organized a made-RPG session with them and a couple of their friends. And one of them, uh, this girl named Christine, showed up at the door wearing a maid costume, which was a first, and just completely hurt my head and stuff. But anyway. I, I can't imagine and, but that, but that, an that anime the film, first. Right? Yes, a yeah, hardcore so you, anime
1: fan. There you go. It's uh, She's looking for an opportunity to cosplay, and you provide one for yeah, her. It's basically. It's a win-win. It's um, awesome, yeah.
2: So, so I, I have an anecdote. It's a, two anecdotes from the same game, um, which is uh, like one, of, one of the two games I ran at KomoriCon, uh, and it was Fantasy of Ed, uh, which was randomly generated. We, we rolled for setting, we got fantasy. And um, one of the... The, the, uh, again, the, the master is an evil wizard, because that's what we got. And uh, the, one of the maids was an alien who was desperately in love with the master. So uh, at the beginning, I don't know why an alien was in a fantasy setting, but it doesn't really matter. Um, at the, be- at near the beginning of the game, he decided that he wanted to open a portal to hell. But to open a portal to hell, he needed a virgin sacrifice. And so he's like, all right, team, any volunteers? And this maid, being desperate in love with him, was like, ooh, ooh, pick me, pick me. Well, everyone else is standing aside. Uh, So they do this ritual. They perform a human sacrifice. They they say he sacrifices her. But to open this gateway to hell, because she's an alien, it opens a gateway to alien hell. Uh, (laughs) And in alien hell, instead of fire and brimstone, they have disco. (laughs) <laughs> um, okay. so the king of alien hell and a bunch of his uh, alien hell surfers come out and they have a giant disco party at which point the, the player of the alien says so I died right I said yeah He's like, but then I went to hell and I was like yeah sure so alien hell yes so I'm just going to crawl back out of the portal is that okay I was like, yeah that's fine it's
1: <laughs> pretty cool although um, now I'm going to register uh, alien <laughs> <laughs> and
2: the, the other story which is from the same game is at one point the, the, after the alien hell resolved uh, there was sort of a lull in the game and so a bunch of people asked for random events and one of the random events was the elf, which the elf maid got was that the, the character gender swapped so she she accidentally drank a potion and turned into a boy at which point all the female players around the table, this is at an anime con, right, sort of like wait, is is she a bishonen now? <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> uh Yes, and then the rest of the game proceeded to be them conspiring to to, to catch him
1: <laughs> Cute.
2: Uh, physically, because yeah. uh, the player of that character went, uh, "I run, I, I'm getting out of here." <laughs> uh, anyway, so those those are those
1: are two, two, two anecdotes. Yeah, I don't have any any like just off the wall anecdotes. I, I I what I tend to do, it's almost like I, I kind of when I'm running the game, I uh, I. My mind goes to a space, and then when I when I when I get out of it, I only remember like sort of like vague details of what happened afterwards. Yeah, that happened um,
0: to me at, at Funamicon because I wound up hanging out with the same guys to play D anD D the next day, and they were recounting all these details, and I'm like,
1: "Oh yeah, that that did happen. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, the um, the the only." The, most recent one I had was at another anime con, uh, Anime USA up in D.C., and uh, we had a table. I was originally going to have four slots, but then just a bunch of people showed up and were really interested, so I ended up making it uh, bigger. So we had, like, a six-slot game, uh, three women who were all actually – two of them were in the same uh, local gaming group with each other. They basically play, like, World of Darkness back-to-back with, like – and then break it up with Sessions of Maid at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then – uh, so three women, three guys. And so th- th- it's not a – I mean, there were this wacky events. There was adventure. There was ghosts. Uh, I think I had, like, every every player had four um, special – or, like, four attributes to them. So the the characters were kind of crazy to begin with. Um, But uh, the only interesting thing about that was that with six people – there's a little bit there was so much craziness and I was always trying to keep things, you know, moving with, with the plot that uh no one really asked for a random event, if I were, if I'm recalling this correctly. Now again, uh uh Tony L B who was in the game, he might like tap me on the shoulder and go, Oh yeah, I remember when I rolled it I'm like, oh crap. But uh but yeah, I think the more chaotic the game is from the offset and and, and, and the more sort of chaos that, that it continues, the less people are are, are willing to jump in to, uh, to to make it even more chaotic. So yeah, I think it's, more, it's more like one of those astute academic observations, more than an awesome thing that happened at my table. But yeah, there it is.
2: Um, yeah, I think I think random events. It's sort of the chaos of the game is self-regulating because of the random events. Because people usually use random events when they're bored. Mm-hmm. So if enough stuff is going on that no one's bored, then there's no random event.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Could be. Yeah, and the other thing, actually, I just thought of was that. I Think twice now. I've rolled up a random master at the table and wound up with the Antichrist. <laughs> I mean, I mean seriously, it's just like special quality. He's a demon, and then like, oh, he's uh, had a falling out with his father. <laughs> uh, nice. And that was after you know I rolled a post-apocalyptic setting where he lives in a castle, and it's like okay, I, I'm just going to run with this, you know.
1: Well, that's interesting seriously, too. I guess just... the the fact that um, uh, so when I. The 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 book's got so much crap, so much stuff in it, that, and 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 so many ways to play the game. Mm-hmm. The whole favor way, race way, the the, the uh, day in the life way, the uh, just our rolling random events way, and the scenario way that everyone can sort of find a uh, the niche that they like or or need for that particular day and and fall into it. Mm-hmm. Personally, like the games that I've run, I've run about I don't know twelve games or something like that. Um, the my slot te- tends to be like scenario based, or or at least like conceptually scenario based. Like even if I don't have a scenario in my head, I at least begin with some sort of scenario thing. In other words, I usually don't roll randomly for the mansion, um, and I don't roll random masters either. Uh, I tend oh, to wow. think of a, like an idea in my head, and then I I sort of put a master together in my head that 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 works with that. Um, I think uh, j- just to test out the rules once or twice, I think I've rolled both mansion and master at the same time uh, and did some random event stuff, but um, uh, you know, I, I'll do random events. I'll even mix the genres. I'll do a lot of stuff, but I tend to keep the the foundation, the, the sort of the spark of the game when it starts, I tend to be really scripted with that as a GM, that just sort of makes me more comfortable. And, uh, and so for that, I'm kind of glad that there's that option in made. How about you guys?
2: I, I, uh, pretty much exclusively do day in the life and then very rapidly it becomes random event powered mm-hmm. as people bring in random events and i i always randomly generate the master and it occurs to me that, that the number of times i've played the game i think i've only once generated a master who was over the age of 13 um, so usually the master ends up being and, and because of the way the master powers are set up usually the master ends up my my master's up being young boys with delusions of grandeur
1: uh mm-hmm.
2: so they're trying to conquer the world I, I and i sort of portray them as kind of like really terrible middle managers uh, <laughs> like i i remember at one point uh starting a game well i always we start the game master's already asleep who's going to cook him breakfast because then that usually devolves into some sort of horrible battle yeah uh, yes it does yeah but then you know master wakes up and then it's like okay we're going to actually start the day and uh one of the un- he unfurled this huge poster that said, "You can't spell world domination without team." <laughs> um, That's awesome. So, yeah.
0: Anyway, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I do sometimes run scenarios, and it's partly I've done that to try them out because there, there's some that to me look really neat and are really neat because because you know you look at. Uh, if you look in the book at, like, uh, Black Cat Mansion and then the Maiden Rangers one, both of them are almost, less a scenario, and more an excuse to use the random item rules.
1: Mm.
0: But I'll, but more often than not, I just do something totally random. I just start off just roll up a me ma- a Master in Mansion and then just go, okay, it's morning and you need to go wake up the Master and get him breakfast. Just go. And then, you know, the random events make it just, like, take off to the moon and wherever.
1: So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually gotten to past
0: to dinner. Yeah, me either. A
2: couple of times I've gotten to lunch, but <laughs> it's very rare.
1: Yeah, for me too. I usually plan, on like, okay, this session is going to be three hours long or two hours long. Uh, when it nears that stopping point, I tend to just kind of wrap it up. Never had a problem stopping the game, but uh, um, uh, it, I guess it's just easy to to wrap up. I mean, it's random to begin with. It, it's You can pretty much time up easily while sticking to the genre, I guess.
0: Yeah. You it's, just say, you know, this, is, okay, this part's going to be our big climax. Go for it. And yeah,
1: just see what happens.
0: Uh, so
2: I've always kind of done the, the Rusei Atsura I don't know if you've seen that TV series. Uh, I'm sure you have. Classic. Uh, Late, but, late uh, 70s or uh, 80s. Yeah. Uh, that thing, you know, the structure of an, of an episode is that, uh, in that is that it gets escalatingly weirder up until the point where the writers can't imagine anything weirder than what's already going on. At which point it just abruptly ends and the <laughs> next episode picks up at the status quo like like nothing ever happened uh that's how i run made yeah, so, a friend of mine like, has a
0: theory that lum and you Atsura act, just like has this magical button she pushes that resets everything back to normal while the credits are rolling
2: right whatever it is that, that's basically how i run made so i'll often do two episodes in a, in a mm-hmm. slot because they're, they're very short and i just run it up until the point where i'm like okay this is too weird. I, as a GM, cannot keep track of everything that's going on right now. Done. wherever, mm-hmm. And then I do another episode, and it just starts, you know, okay, so the next day, and everything's back to normal.
0: Yeah. Uh. Okay. Well, if we're done with the uh, anecdotes, I want to talk a bit about uh, the overall experience of producing, made, and selling it, uh, from first to Gen Con, and now through, you know, IPR and whatnot. So, Hmm. Let's see. So, again, it basically started... Andy, you picked it up in Japan. I heard about it from you and managed to mail order it from Sunset Games. And from there, for whatever reason, I was really bored one day and said, I'm going to translate part of this, because the whole rulebook is only 32 pages, and I played it and then harassed you, and we wound up getting into publishing it. So, uh, for me... Well, translating it turned into this huge ordeal, because it was kind of like we it took several months to really get things moving and then it was just like go 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 and you know i did so much that like you know, the text probably could have done, gotten more editing from me but i was just like too burned out to even want to look at it for a few months
1: burnout tell me about your tell me about what your experience in burnout cuz uh, i I've, I've been chewing on that for a while now with tenra that i'm working on right now but uh, i'm just curious what your burnout experience was like
0: well, I mean, I mean it got to the point where just like wherever I was going, I was uh taking my laptop, my ePC, we, we, that I mm-hmm. had bought around that time. It was, it was literally to the point where like when I did a blog post of kind of wrapping up the production part, I it's like I want to thank Andy and my friends and Ben and also I want to thank my ePC for being there for me. And you, you know, I just I had it everywhere. I was like on the bus, on the train, at school cuz I was still uh finishing up grad school at the time and just went on and on then just at a, at a certain point like I, I stumbled across the finish line and my brain just said no more and mm-hmm. just yeah I I had to stop and before I went crazy so <laughs> That's I know that we we pushed
1: uh, Ben pretty close to the edge a couple times as well with our with our weird demands at the last minute.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, that that that's that's a whole other issue. But it, actually, just the deadline of it. Like, I think I got it in June, mm-hmm. a like or late June, and uh, you know, it was you know trying to get it in print by August. And usually, the the entire layout should be done by that point. <laughs> <Fine>. uh, <laughs> yeah. So so um. And and I was taking um, actually intensive Japanese at mm-hmm. the time. And I, at one point, Aaron asked me something. I can't remember what it was, it, but it was like, oh, do you have time for X, Y, Z? And I was like, Aaron, let me describe my day to you. I wake up, I go to class, I attend class for four hours. I work on maid, I eat dinner. I work on maid more. Then I do my homework from like, 11 to 1 a.m., and then I go to sleep in see the <laughs> Oh, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, for, for, for all of us that don't know InDesign and all those, it's basically like, oh, yeah, layout. Yeah. Just, just, the words are done. Just put them, just put them, make them pretty. <laughs> uh, just, just put them on pages. No. How so hard the, is that?
2: The, there are a lot of errors. In fact, I have I have difficulty even now opening the book. I guess I hope. Oh, oh God. Um, I shouldn't yeah. have done that. But uh, it, um, yeah, and I got pretty – it had an effect on me. I, yeah. I basically spent like you know that two or three months. I started dreaming about maids <laughs> and tables.
1: We are yet another testament to the to the rule of uh, whatever you do, just however you manage your RPG product, don't set a Gen Con deadline unless you are like full-timers, unless you don't have a day job. If you if you don't have a day job and, and Gen Con deadlines are your bread and butter, go for it. But, man, if you're just doing a hobby project, the best way to sour yourself on it is to is to say, I'm going to have it out by this convention. And then, you know, it doesn't matter if it's three years away. It doesn't matter if it's next year. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, uh, well within reach. You're going to be killing yourself to get those deadlines.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, it was some thread on story games I posted – you know, and one thing we learned from ARPG rpg was to never, ever rush a project to be ready for Gen Con. And I remember you quoted it and made the text, like, 18-point purple text yeah. with sparkles on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it, yeah. yeah just, it had um, to be sparklized. Yeah. I I I totally
2: still rush all my projects for cons. Uh, yeah. But, it, actually, that's, I guess that's not true anymore. But, uh, but, uh I do it knowing the effect that it will have on my sanity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you just really have to gear. Like, I guess the thing is, unless, I mean, again, it, it's all about people managing their hobbies. It's not about project managers and in, involving, you know, engaging in a project where everyone is, is doing this for the bread and butter. Because, yeah, I used, to, I used to do project management on my whole job, and I applied maybe 5% of my knowledge to the production I made. Just because I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to think about that shit. This is my hobby. This is my fun. I don't want to make time charts and crap like that. I'll just, I'll just eyeball it. Yeah, you know, it turns out <laughs> eyeballing it is, uh, is based <sighs> like flipping a coin or predicting the weather in the Farmer's Almanac or something.
2: Yeah. Um, my my <clears throat> girlfriend at the time sent me a um, a panel from Emma, which, mm. uh, in which the author, which is a which is a manga about uh, Victorian Maine. It's a, it's a
1: Somewhat Hell historically
2: yeah. accurate manga, uh, and she uh, she this is an omake that she was in the back of one of the books, uh, and she had a diagram of her brain, and about eighty percent of it's a pie chart. About eighty percent of it is taken up by maids. Mm. <laughs> another fifty percent is to, another fifty percent is taken up by master maid relationships four percent nice. by Victorian social history and one percent by assorted other maid related uh, events. And uh, mm. I thought that that was a pretty accurate depiction of my brain during the process.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: okay. So, uh, uh, I guess the next step in the history of the English version of maid is that we went to Gen Con, we, we, mm. we did indeed make it in time we, again, kind of shambling across the finish line but we did do mm-hmm. it so it was Gen Con Indie 2008 it was uh, for me the second time I went to Gen Con Indie and we were sharing a booth with uh Jerry Grayson of uh Kepera Publishing who just had yep. Hellas come out and then also and Mike Fiegel keeps he,
1: getting dissed by never being mentioned uh Jerry's, yeah. too, Jerry's
0: too charismatic that's why but <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and uh, he had uh, Ninja Burger. That was before he came out with Vox. So, and just, that was also just like a really great, despite all the exhaustion and stress, it was a great experience for me, I know, just because that was the first time I got to really uh, go to a gaming convention. From the kind of the exhibitor perspective the side, yeah. and you know I got to shake hands with a zillion different people who I recognized from the internet
1: <laughs> uh, so. to throw in a manga geek reference if you've if, if anyone's ever read or seen Genshi Ken when they finally go to the uh, the or whatever they call it the Kam fest yeah. and produce their manga and they're basically we're screaming and, and crying and getting it all together but then when they're, we're there they're having like, the times of their lives yeah that was definitely uh, mm-hmm. definitely some of that feeling there.
0: So, uh, do you remember anything interesting that happened, or just? I know uh, you've, you've been to more uh, Gen Cons than I have.
1: Well, I think, it was, so. no, it was just uh, we. There wasn't there wasn't there wasn't a lot of drama. It was just yeah. just kind of fun. Um, we I ended up doing a lot of selling and not a lot of playing. But other than that, um, yeah, that uh, was interesting. Now, the 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 weirder part was trying to get like okay, so we had our sales for, for Gen Con where we pretty, pretty much completely sold out every single book we brought and then we then I got home uh, got four more boxes of books and then it's time to start making connections and, and getting the shit sold over the internet um, and that was kind of a chore uh, the um, I did a lot of it through uh, what is it um, basically just through home fulfillment mm-hmm. getting orders on the internet um, posting the the um, PDF in a hidden directory on my server, and when people bought it, I just give them the link to it and say, "Hey, please download it." in you know, the next 48 hours, then I change the link in two days. It's just so it's kind of like a ghetto PDF service. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was using PayPal, so they were getting a little cut of money. I was trying to set up with uh, IPR, but uh, for some reason, around that time, they were really, really slow. Um, interestingly enough, we are now on numbers, or the the made PDF alone because uh, we can't sort of combine all the PDF book and all that sales together to see what the difference is. But the PDF alone is the s- number 16 most bought products of all time on IPR. Wow. Uh, I'm sure we would have broken the top 10 if uh, if if Butts would have moved faster on getting, because uh, we, we sold, I don't know, like 100 or, or more copies of the PDF uh, before even IPR. So um, anyway, uh, so that was really interesting. And the People who bought it first were just hardcore fans they were there there people in the anime world there are people that were coming from like 4chan or Gaia online or uh, RPG net who are, all, are also anime fans so they were like they were there for the product so um, I you know my wife and I would be watching like Japanese dramas you know and like on Tuesdays and Thursdays while we would basically box and box up and, and, and ship out like all these uh, individually wrapped maids to to various places around the world and uh, yeah, and and then finally, when when uh, the the contracts and stuff were settled with IPR, we we moved it all to them. And uh, thank God, the the hand fulfillment stuff isn't too bad if you've got like a really kind of handy and and functional post office near you, um, and you and you your customers don't mind you waiting to like once a week for shipping dates and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, just just the fact that at least for individual fulfillment, I'm kind of waffling on what to do in the future about about uh shipping to retailers but for at least individual shipping their their prices of uh of the you know the work they do to get the product out and stuff like that is kind of worth it in in my book um but no nah, that's you know that, that's kind of boring stuff it, okay. it, it when it comes down to it we've sold a, a crap ton we moved from dozen being dozen airs to being hundred heirs. <laughs> um and that's that's about it um. yeah
2: one of the things which I wanted to ask you about, actually, there's a the, the note on PDF piracy in the back, which says ah. if you've if you've downloaded this game illegally, please play it, yeah, uh, and then maybe kick us some money because we would like to translate some other games. Yes, um, I was wondering if you had like anecdotes about how that's worked out with you, and so on and so forth.
1: Uh, just a lot of people saying um, that. I mean uh, it's impossible to track but uh but I have had a lot of people say like in private you know like over over email and stuff like that like hey I you know I downloaded it off of 4chan or something like that I liked it and I think a part of it was cuz we kept the price so low it was like 8 bucks for the longest time now it's 7 yeah, um, that, that it was just so easy for them to to buy themselves so
0: yeah, a, a friend of mine actually you know cuz I get, I'd give him the work doc of my partial translation and he went on there and organize IRC games and stuff. So, you know, the the chans TG traditional gaming board, you know, all of them knew about it, a lot of them griped about it, but you know, who cares about that? But uh so, you know, it, it's 4chan, so they they're not really big on caring about whether or not they're pirating something. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, we priced the PDF at $8 and had the little, you know, guilt trip in the back. So there were a lot of people who were just like, "Oh, wait, it's $8. Hell, I'm going to buy it." yeah so th- that did actually help out in that respect
1: i think I know, and uh, every once in a while we um so we we did a major yeah so part of the other part about you know don't plan for gen con releases is right after gen con that's when we started catching all the horrible editing and 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 uh and and translation mistakes we did um so we put a translation together fixed there was to our credit there were only like three or four actual rules that were. Problematic, like mm-hmm. out of the whole book, um, tons and tons of grammar mistakes and, and 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 some spelling things and things like that. But but actual very few rules things. Yeah. Um, but it, it's 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 funny though because like on the main mailing list the other day someone posted a uh, hey so in the I don't understand this rule because it's it's uh, what is it doesn't this rule actually make it seem like it hurts you and I'm like busted <laughs> yeah. they got the they got the original. PDF copy, which yeah, means? It
0: was the uh, Crisis Adrenaline Made Power, it, which that's what's... was really weirdly worded in Japanese. And I had to, that was when we had to uh, harass Kamiya to clarify for us until we could finally figure out what the heck it was supposed to do. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was totally different from the first version and then the current PDF for actually selling. But apparently, yeah. the old version is still circulating. On, on the internet, yeah.
1: which is fine because every once in a while someone posts that, and I say bust it. I, yeah. I email, I'm like, dude, no, no problem. I'm not saying anything. Just be like, give it a shot. Now you know the rule. You know, go download the errata play it, see what you like, and if you like it, go ahead and buy the PDF. And then I've actually had that happen twice, and the person came back both times at least saying that they they uh, they bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one case, I actually looked up their email from from IPRs little list thing, and I'm like, oh crap, they actually did. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, so our so, next bullet point is controversy. Yes.
1: Oh, would, we'll, we'll keep that I... one simple because it's it's just uh, yeah at this point we're we're pretty much all over it. But but yeah, still, well, that was
0: the thing with made because you know I'm, I'm looking at the other games I want to do and it's just kind of like wow I I'm kind of glad I did made because my thin my skin is so much thicker about. With regard to what random people will say about whatever I do on the internet now, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been through what people have said about me. I mean, there have, there have literally been conspiracy theories about it at this point. So, but uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of what people have said.
1: All right. Well, the uh, the uh, uh, you could basically separate the people who who quote unquote get anime versus people that don't, saying that made is a game about about old, uh, crazy, creepy people playing, uh, like pedophiles, which is, uh, or, you know, or being pedophiles by like doing these weird master servant relationships with all the people at the table, which again, I, I'm like, all right, let me uh, get your email address. So when I tell all the women that play at my games that have, you know, functional gaming groups and stuff back home where they play made to like lighten up their evening or whatever, I'll tell them they're a bunch of, uh, fucked up deviants. You can go ahead and, you know,
0: it does kind of tap into a fetish a little bit, but it's kind of like, depending on how you decide to play it, the spectrum isn't from being weird to being totally disgusting. It's more like it's from using the maids as a framing device in an excuse to do random events, ranging mm-hmm. to kind of having a little bit of silly, somewhat sexy fun. Yeah, that, That's pretty and much honestly... the continuum.
1: And honestly, but, like... There was a time where we all had our little Google things. I mean, we still have them, so, so we we get pinged if there's someone talking about made art, you know, the made RPG or whatever on the internet. And so we 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 you know we tracked down all these like IRC games and things like that. We heard, oh, uh, you know, someone on 4chan said that there's a bunch of guys playing these weird IRC games that are all creepy and stuff like that. I'm like, it's all right, awesome. I want to I want to I want to finally see the 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 of hell. Let's let's go ahead and take a look at what this what the horrors look like could not find a damn one it, it's basically one i think it just turned out to be one of those urban legends where oh yeah no i heard that there's a bunch of guys on irc from from 4chan that are they're playing it like a bunch of creepy pedos and sure enough like i mean I, you know, i've seen boring games i've seen interesting looking games i've seen games that involved like mariachis and 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 like too many references like too many ongoing jokes to sombreros but i've never seen one that turned out to be like just four random people Anonymously, and you figure if it's going to happen, it's going to happen on 4chan. Yeah. Uh, just being complete creepy sexual deviant deviants using using made as some sort of gateway drug or something like that. It's it's really hard
2: for made to. I mean, there there are things because made comes out of sort of harem anime. Uh, mm-hmm. The made fetish is a sub, you know, made anime is a sub form of harem mm-hmm. anime. And uh, I'll totally uh, grant there that there's also are, the
1: fetish uh, of maids where, where there's like, you know, the, the the classic French maid outfit and stuff like right, that. Right. Sorry, there, go ahead. There
2: are, there are some aspects of that which are which are inherently creepy, but the game is, um, which, are, you know, they, they are what they are, but the, a lot of people, I think, think that the game is going to be like, because their contact, like a lot of the mainstream contact with anime is, it's, oh, it's all porn. So I hmm. think that they think that it's going to be like porny. Which it isn't. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't think I've. I don't think it's possible for a made game to go there. I mean, it might be, but.
1: Um, oh, I think it's possible. I mean, I've had I've had creepy DMs where I had a female character that that oh, but you got raped and shit like that. Like so, yeah, that's I. It's possible take it, in
0: the same way that it's possible in D anD. D basically,
2: but but, yeah. but because actually, but because of the made because made players have a lot more tools. They have random events and. Uh, also, they can always like kind of bounce back from things. It's very hard to get into a situation where your character is is helpless, and if you're yeah, not cool yeah, with what's going true. on, then you can't just be, you can't just have your character leave or or escalate the goofiness. Yeah,
1: uh, exactly.
2: That, that I think it, it's very you know, every main game I have played. Even if there's a, even if there's a fair amount of T, he is is pretty PG thirteen, mm-hmm. um, and um. But the, the other the other aspect of it I, guess, I think is that is that in a lot of ways the game is is um is making fun of a lot of that stuff,
1: right? Oh yeah, like, absolutely. You know, like I mean, the that master, was his project. The he, like,
2: theoretically, yeah. you know, it's supposed to be, oh, you know, he's this guy he has all these beautiful women serving him, or this woman who has all these beautiful women serving him, but is you know, all powerful and mysterious. But the master sucks. The master's Terrible and can't get anything done.
1: Yeah, he, he can <laughs> only grant favor to people who do things. He can't he has no power to make anyone do anything.
0: Uh, I have found it really that because you know there's, the book has optional rules for uh, having the master be a player character, and he, it's actually kind of boring in a lot of ways. So you know, it, it's it, it's it's weird because it really does like subvert that mm. the implied. Uh, Domination relationship. Completely. Yeah,
1: but yeah, Basically, it, it tells you straight out. You're like, you know, it's like you you have the the only power you have is to grant favor to other people. Uh, your stats suck compared to everyone else's. You will have the lowest stats. You will be completely weakless. We, we you're weak and 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 helpless, and rely on all the maids around you to defend you and stuff like that. So. But uh, but no, it's weird. It, it's a good it's I'm mean, yeah, I'm glad people explore topics like that because honestly, like I gotta say, like you know, every time I think like oh you know this stuff is innocent blah blah, and then I turn around and look in, you know, like your average uh your average comic your average comic market your average uh, <laughs> manga store where you see like you know thirty percent of all manga stuff that you would maybe at least glance at the cover, you know, maybe 4% that you actually like read and show other people. And then there's this huge underground market for pornography. No one's going to deny that. No one's, you know, no one's going to say, oh, Japan is false or anything like that. But still, uh, and, and there are those creepy aspects out there that I, I'd rather never, you know, dwell on. But uh, but yeah, it's just people that, right. that kind of make a dot dotted line from that to made. <laughs> Wasn't, yeah.
2: that, wasn't that also a problem in Japan with the reception of maid? Though, where people are kind of not quite getting
1: it. Uh, I, I Here's know. the thing: it, basically, not really. Um, the the um, I saw I saw play reports from uh, what their equivalent of uh, it's called the Japanese Game Convention G, JGC, uh, where in fact they had a table of women dressed in maid outfits playing maid and. And and uh, uh, you know, it's it's basically got a high pull ratio with women and uh, just people who are up for anime and things like that. However, in the classic RPG society world, or whatever you might you might say, um, I mean RPGs. The hardcore RPGers are the ones that want to play Western-style fantasy with lots of minute rules. I mean, that generation is kind of dying off, and it's, it's being replaced by people who are more interested in anime and light light rules and, 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 and action and story. Uh, but those the, the sort of the, the grognards of, of of the culture uh, just couldn't quite get it which is more interesting was the fact that sunset games is also the people that that, that do the uh, Japanese translation of horn world and uh, and all those like military um, miniatures games with the, with the hex grids and stuff like that so it probably confounded people a lot but I think it's just you know if, 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 if people don't take it seriously and just kind of get over themselves it it's uh, in terms of uh, um, you know, like, the the ones that don't quite get anime and and, and just kind of look down and, like, what, what the hell is this sort of thing, then... Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think a lot of it's just... Yeah, some of it's silly, some of it's unfounded. Some of it's just a misunderstanding. There was one person that was uh, saying something like, uh, uh, you know, oh, there's Lolitas in here. It references Lolita. It's like, yes, Lolita's a Russian novel about a guy who's a pedophile, but... Uh, you know the Japanese use the word Lolita you know words change over time if you go into Japan and ask for a cigarette they won't understand if you ask for tobacco you'll get a cigarette and there's no you know but the the word tobacco means cigarette tobacco doesn't mean tobacco uh, the word present means giveaway it doesn't mean a, a present that you, you that you give to someone it, it uh, the, the companies uh, use the word present to to mean a giveaway um, Uh, People use the word hip, the English word hip, to mean ass. So there's this whole loan word society in in, in Japanese, and and, and Lolita just kind of got caught up in that, for better or for worse. Um, My
0: favorite is is the word Viking became Viking, which means a buffet, because some guy who ran a famous hotel thought that, you know, it's a smorgasbord which is vaguely Norwegian so we'll call it a Viking restaurant yes like I have a Japanese friend and he'd had no idea just like oh I just thought you know Vikings like to eat a lot and yeah that's that's, so you know people. if you you go to
1: Japan and and someone says there's a Viking then you know that it's not a Norwegian person it's actually a a all-you-can-eat buffet Mm -hmm. so there's there's all sorts of words that 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 came in there and even if they mean sort of the same thing they they you know it's it's not the same thing so uh um, Lolita just kind of got caught up in that, and it it now means. I mean, I've seen it used for adults, a, a lot that that act like children or have like childish personalities. I've seen it used a lot in fashion with the whole gothic Lolita or just Lolita culture with frills and 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 uh, lace and things like that. So, I, you know, I, I don't want to say like, oh, you must understand Japan to really understand the game. For that, I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> don't even bother you know thank you for your time you know it's obviously you're not going to be interested in this just move along uh, there's not much else you can you can do to uh, uh to 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 say things at that point it's just too uh uh too tiring
0: mm-hmm. and, you know and I'll be the first one the very first one to admit you know it's not for everyone but mm-hmm. it's kind of the thing that like it is so for the people who it is for it it's ridiculous
1: <laughs> yeah yeah If you've been to an anime convention, you will probably be interested in this game. Yeah.
0: Okay. And uh, finally, on my little outline, it says the future. So, uh, and I don't have a specific idea what this is going to be about. The future.
2: Yeah. Uh, you, You were talking a while ago about perhaps producing a scenario and replay book in English. Yeah, original material. I,
0: it's kind of like I, I got a good start on that, and I have all, mm-hmm. a zillion different ideas, and I really need to sit down and work on it again. So what,
1: what, there's like a back burner, then there's like a back burner behind that back burner, then there's like a, a back burner in the neighbor's kitchen. I think that's yeah, what, that, that's I that's a, a whole line of – It's called the warming oven. Yeah, <laughs> the warming up. Yeah, no, this this is more like the frozen dinner that's sitting in your freezer. It's not even warming. <laughs> uh, it's it's a good idea, and and Aaron's got some 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 cool material he started on, and right. I've added a, a couple things to to a, like a, a future random tape, like a random item list or something. But uh, but it turns out there's a lot of interesting Japanese games out there, and both of us want to do more with those. Kind of always looking for the new, I guess. But
0: so yeah, I know you. At long last, are going to have uh, Ten Bansho Zero out before too long.
1: Oh, it's actually done.
0: Oh, you, the manuscript? You mean? No, or? no,
1: I'm actually totally lying. It's it, I'm still. <laughs> yeah. I took President's Day off at, at work, which is kind of rare for me. I'm just like, give me every holiday because I usually stack them up so I can go to Japan for extra weeks. But uh, but now I'm like, no, give me give me my holidays. I'm doing Ten Fuck off! <laughs>
0: okay, but you are um, kind of on the home stretch, right? Yes,
1: I'm on the home stretch. I've got a little bit of editing to do. Uh, Luke Crane, who's doing the layout, is, is 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 got his arms crossed and tapping his feet. Come on, Andy, come on! Been that way since last year, but uh, yeah, just a one little bit of editing left and uh, one chapter on how the how some some social mechanics work, and that's about it. Um, so that's Tenra's. We're going to see Tenra out this year, full okay. color, Fine. A4 size. Um, uh, it's you know some people are gonna love it, some people are gonna hate it. It's but uh but it's 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 gonna be I think it's just a an all around cool game that people are gonna do things with. Um after that, people are like what what's what are you gonna do after that? After that, I give you the middle finger. I'm like, I'm done, bitches. Um what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna help other people if they want, you know, like if some company or something like that, like say uh uh, Seventh Circle, something like that, says, "Hey, we want we want to your help with uh, contacting these guys. who to want to translate this game in English." I'm like, "Dude, I'm all over that. I'll totally help you out uh, for free. Well, maybe not for free, but uh, for for very little cost." But uh, but I'm done with the whole "I will translate this myself and publish it" sort of thing. Um, there's games that I will definitely be translating for myself from for my own play, like uh, other games by Fear, like Tenra or Alshard or. Uh, uh, some other games that I've got laying around that I've been meaning to play for a while but just haven't had the time because every time I look at it, it's like, yeah, maybe I should translate this so I could play a session with my gaming group. I, I look at Tenra that's unfinished and I'm like, damn it, no, i got to finish this first. So the future of uh, for me is doing Tenra and then pretty much getting out, not doing any "Quote unquote" real projects, maybe doing some light game design on my own for some miniature mini games and 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 personal translation uh, uh, translations of, of games that I own. But other than that, uh, that's that's my future. How about you, Aaron?
0: Um, well, actually, I'm I well I I and a friend of mine, Mike Stevens, are starting up our own little uh, publishing venture. So we're we're we are going to try to uh, bring out some Japanese games in English. We're still kind of in the process of negotiating and planning, but uh, I hope to very soon have some really neat stuff to announce, but it, it's not quite ready yet, but yeah, stuff Can is announce Can
1: you announce whose works it is?
0: Maybe um, we shouldn't press him.
1: Yeah, I, right.
0: <laughs> I would rather... Not say just yet
1: until okay. we have contractual stuff. Let me just put it this way: I know what you're working on, and it's awesome. Like every every single every single one of these little projects you're working on is great. People are going to love it. If they, uh, even if they don't aren't are not interested in, in made at all, or like the concept of made, which I don't, I totally do not blame for people. For the other stuff that you're going that you're working on, that we'll probably see in the next year or two, is going to knock people's socks off.
2: Um, uh, yeah. Tune in. Tune in next week.
1: Yeah, (laughs) basically. And how about you, Ben? What do you uh, What do you got in the future?
2: Um, Well, in terms of Japanese role playing games, uh, I'm just helping uh, Aaron with basically whatever he needs help with. I wrote him and said i I will happily do layout if you need that, and I'm also doing some editing. Um, And uh, I'm also I, I also write games, and Mm -hmm. I've written uh, a couple of games which are sort of anime-themed, and I have a couple of more that I'm working on. Uh, I'm working on a new edition of Bliss Stage, which is my first game, which is a giant robot human relationship game, and I'm working on another game, which is a Yaoi manga game uh, with the working title of Hot Guys Making Out, which which may become the finished title. (laughs) Um, And uh, and to that that's sort of in its own, it maybe of interest to people who are interested in Japanese role playing games. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's coming along pretty well, but uh, I don't do relay dates, so who knows? Yes,
1: yeah, I've I learned my lesson on that as well. I've done estimates, and even I had to blow past the estimates, that they're just like wishes. <laughs> How about this anything anything in the japanese rpg world that that you just like looking at that that's really cool for you i probably good something to to wrap it up with like like just something that you've seen that you think is is really cool and if you had like all the money and time in the world you would pay someone else to do it for you in a, in a, <laughs> and know you know and and release it anything like that or just anything <laughs> that tickle you about the uh, japanese rpg world there's i mean
0: we already did uh, two-part podcast on Japanese RPGs. There's just there's there's so much because you know it's a small niche market, but there's so much out there. True. And you know, it, I mean, it it started maybe a decade later than over in the U.S., but still, that's a good like what a, you know, twenty or thirty years worth of games that have come out. And
1: and even in the last ten years alone, there's yeah. been just like one, pretty much one showstopper game a year
0: yeah you know if, if i had my way we would see alshard and make you kingdom and Gami and, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> satasupe and yeah it, it, if i could selfishly manipulate reality to my whims there would be an awful lot of japanese rpgs out in english so
1: y- yeah I, I definitely agree with that the, the one I'm kind of got my eyes uh, glowing on now or two of them are uh, uh i think they, they even came out since or one of them at least came out since our last podcast, which is a double cross third edition oh yeah which is the the new edition of the uh, of the action themed horror uh, conspiracy game about playing teenagers with uh, superhuman powers that 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 uh, kill evil government agents um, it just came out as third edition, and the third edition's qualities is the fact that the books are really small, really cheap, and very, 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 very fast to create a character and play. Um, and the other one that I'm kind of in love with recently is, uh, but though it's a, it's a long love of mine, but I'm just kind of recently like looking at it again, like, oh yes, I remember, I remember why I love you. Uh, is uh, is Tokyo Nova, uh, the first Japanese role-playing game I ever played, uh, way back in '96. But the latest edition, is just it's a tarot based game flipping flipping uh with 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 tarot cards you got playing cards and it's a cyberpunk game that's totally like this was created in japan there's like no way around it it's basically got like it feels really strong of the uh standalone complex uh feel to it so those are things i've been kind of going gaga about recently that, that i'm kind of looking over to be like maybe i'll do these personally once uh once i get some of my projects wrapped up Then i'll share it with uh friends we'll see
2: um I don't have as much contact with the Japanese RPG you know, scene as Andy and Aaron, but I am really interested in it's the, one of Kamiya's other games, which is i can't remember the name of Aaron will jump in and tell me, which is basically the game which is the game which is actually as perverse as everyone thinks made oh, r p g is
0: absolute slavery
1: yes. absolute slavery yeah about
2: like, demons having bondage sex with each other in hell yeah like basically uh, yeah.
1: Uh,
0: you, it i, I got to put this we don't talk about
1: that game <laughs> well,
0: i will we, say we will but, uh, but it, the way it, i describe it. it to people is uh it is a pornographic role playing game for 2 to 3 consenting adults with that
1: comma there's also the fact that one it's it's or a it's it's, it's also written or I should say also it's it's written basically as as almost a uh, a, a joke of the entire uh genre and to and b he uh he basically wrote it with the ex- express purpose of like basically internet play because he says the yeah. stuff that that should happen at a table is stuff that you do not want to like look your friends in the eyes and see. yeah <laughs> So yeah, very mixed feelings about that one. More like uh, for me, it's more like, oh, it's interesting that you did that because you know he's he's done very awesome, feel good, family sorts of role playing games. He's done this and that as experiments, and that one was that's definitely an experiment. <laughs>
0: and and yet it kept going. He's done three supplements for it. Yeah, yeah. So I think there, it's one there's... of those
1: things, kind of like you know, he 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 does it, and people just get a kick out of it, so they're buying the books, yeah. even though they're not playing, and it just kind of goes on from there. But yeah, that's 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 fun for that reason. It's like definitely like it's a fun read, but I can I can like in terms of like a tongue in cheek like wow. But it's it's one that I can never imagine.
2: <laughs> I I totally have people who will want to play that with me if it comes out in English. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we have we I think we have very different gaming groups. Could I be.
0: We- uh, okay, so uh, that's everything we wanted to talk about, and we're a bit over the what, hour and ten minute mark. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, I had originally wanted to do this podcast at kind of the one-year anniversary of Made RPG, which would have been in mid to late August of 2009, but we got delayed. But um, I wanted to take the opportunity. And I kind of said this in the blog post about around that time to, to just kind of thank everyone that supported us because uh, yeah. this was really this was my first time uh, kind of producing and selling a role-playing game and. Uh, the, the, you know, the fans really helped make it to be that, uh, just a really amazing experience. I'm very grateful for that.
1: Yeah. I, I it's, it's almost, uh, I almost hate them because I'll like go to conventions this is the second time I've gone to a convention with the express purpose of, I'm going to bring a big fat stack of made books and I'm going to sell them like, you know, less than they can get on the internet. So I'll make like all this money. Me and Aaron can split it. We'll have like a little bit of a bump. I go to the con, I go to the session. And, like, every single person at the at the table has a copy of the book already. I'm like, damn it, thank you, but damn it. Uh. Uh, so I end up giving usually the GM a, a comp copy, being like, hey, man, here's an extra. Just give it to a friend. But, uh, yeah. But, the, the, but yeah, when I see that, I'm, like, yeah, torn because I'm like, oh, I can't sell. But at the same time, I'm like, man, this is so awesome that every single freaking person at a, at a table, like, table of six, table of eight, table of four, Uh, people I've never met before. These aren't forum regulars. They aren't people that I interact with on the internet. These are people I've never heard of or seen. They all have their own copy. Uh, Yeah, it just blew my mind. This guy's great.
0: Okay. Uh, Ben, did you have anything to
2: add? Uh, No. Uh, I was really happy (laughs) to to help you guys out with the project, Um, and I'm really glad that Made has been brought into English. I think that there's – there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in the Japanese role-playing game scene. I think Kamiya, the designer, is one of the best role-playing game designers uh, in the world. And I'm really glad to have been able to do something to help bring some of his work over, bring it, find it a wider audience. Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. Okay,
0: okay. Uh, with that said, I think we're going to uh, wrap it up. So uh, thank you guys so much for finally coming on to do this podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Ben.
0: Yeah, thank you. And uh, I hope to be heard by you guys again soon.